Would you like me to tell you a tale? Yes, tell me a tale. Okay, well, so let me start by asking you guys a question. Okay. And this is a pretty simple question. What is the greatest betrayal that a personal electronic device... What is the highest level of trust? The one thing that that device could do to you that would just shatter all of your trust in that device. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I mean? Any ideas? Send porn to my entire Facebook. That's a good example. Well, I got an iPad a little while ago, and I got it with the sole intention of playing just iOS games. But over time, I kind of liked the small size of it, and so I got into the habit of taking notes and stuff on it. And so I took it to a class. And when I took it to a class, I didn't know, I guess, enough about the product. I'm not one of those people that reads the manual or anything. So I tick the switch to make it go to vibrate mode or whatever. Well, that just changes the ringer, which on a phone, I guess, kind of makes sense. But on the iPad, like, I, I had assumed that I just didn't have any sound at all. And uh, as I learned about midway through the class, I get bored and I pull up the iPad and I just start browsing the internet. And I guess I went somewhere where like um, some kind of ad is playing in the background because all of a sudden I hear this techno music in the class really loud, too, because that iPad has good speakers. At first, I didn't think it was me because it couldn't possibly be me because I've ticked the the off switch. Right. And um, and it is it is just bumping. And I'm looking around. I'm like, what fucking asshole? brought in it like has their phone going off and it takes me a minute to realize that it is in fact me yeah the fucking asshole is you and so like if it was my android phone i'd just pull the battery out because i just wouldn't know what else to do and that's the quickest way to get it to turn off but it's an ipad so you can't get to the battery so i'm just sitting there scrambling trying to figure out what the hell to do and i finally power it off and this story really doesn't land anywhere other than that but i'm well i mean did you did you did you just tell the professor in the class that you know, you were doing them a favor. You were dropping the beat. He actually began to dance awkwardly. Okay. <laughs> I'm not making this up. He, he, well, like, I mean, he, just, he just locked eyes with me, like, in a really annoyed way, and did this mocking, like, you better turn that off soon. Impromptu raid. Y- yeah, kind of. Um, Mopping and locking. It was, it was a little strange. Yeah. I guess that story really did go pretty much nowhere. Yeah, no, that's that's well, it ended with a man dancing, which is really right. the best place that you could ever hope a story would go. Yeah, that's true. Well, nobody's going to be dancing tonight because this is the Enemy Slime Podcast episode three, which actually has a theme to it for the oh, first yeah. time. And that theme, as we all know, is horrible games we've played recently. No, horrible games that Jarrett has made us play. Right. That Jarrett has made us play recently. To be fair, to be fair, Jay has been pretty much begging for a copy of his game for months. So to (laughs) to turn around and blame it on me, that seems unfair. But you have to consider that when I finally did get the game, it was practically a birthday gift. You're saying, you know what? You've been on this planet for a couple of decades now. I think you deserve this ride to hell. I gave you your. I, I gave you what I think you're worth as a person for your birthday. I gave <laughs> you roughly twenty dollars. It's not twenty dollars. It's the it's the experience that I gave experience. you. Experience. It's certainly an experience, all right. Yeah, well, you're worth some hue shifted prostitutes, basically. So I mean, before before we get into our list of games, I just want to mention there are better things that I played this week that we unfortunately won't be talking about. I played uh, Skullgirls, which I ended up really enjoying. 
I played Cookie Clicker, which is a game everyone should play. It's free online. And I would say those two games are much, much superior to anything we've played for this podcast. Well, we all played Cookie Clicker, and I think we would all pretty much agree that even if it's kind of brain dead, it does have a charm to it where you can't stop playing unless you're Jared, who clearly can just stop playing whatever he wants, which is strange. Well, I, I uh, could, well, he but... Play Fast and the so, so my wife um, wound up playing it, too. And it, this is... Uh, I, th- I think you introduced this to us on Sunday afternoon? And she's like, she comes in to the, to the room and she's like, I want to do all these things today. And she listed out a bunch of stuff. She's like, we got to go to Ikea and we got to get this furniture and we got to decorate this place and do these things. And, and she looks at me for a second. She's like, what are you doing? Cause I'm clicking cookies. <laughs> and, um, she's like, I want to do that too. And so <laughs> I'm not even fucking around with you. I kind of hate you a little bit. Cause like I had a beautiful three day weekend. And for at least one of those days, we did almost nothing but click cookies. Oh, you're welcome. It was horrible. You're welcome. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect vacation to me. Well, it's one of those things that spreads like a virus because I just sort of offhandedly mentioned it to two people I know. And now they're clicking cookies for basically like an entire day and a half straight. Yeah, it's a disease. Uh, I know it was introduced to me by my friend Dave, and I took this, and I kind of ba- basically posted it everywhere. I took it to IRC, I took it to Facebook, to Twitter. You know, it's like an STD in that way. Are you going to post a review for it? I, sh- I, I will post a review for a cookie clicker. <laughs> I'd kind of like to see a review <laughs> with all the different screenshots. Well, I need to, ex- I need to explain... Because I don't think we've even explained it at all yet. Basically, Cookie Clicker is a game that you play in the browser. And it's like one of those games where you just rack up numbers. And you kind of just do a bunch of upgrades to change how fast you get those numbers. In this case, you're collecting cookies. Cookies per There's, second. Right, cookies yeah. per second, which is extremely important. And the more cookies per second you get, the more you can grow your cookie empire. So you can get more cookies per second. Exactly. And as of today, I'm pretty much the most pathetic one here because I think I get something like 500 million cookies per second. Yeah, see, I'm only at about 40 million cookies per second. Everyone starts at kind of like, you know, something like 10. One person quit at uh, 50 cookies, uh, 50. So that shows uh, how much of a casual they are. Yeah, that person person sucks. If you're listening, that person, you suck. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I don't know that we can call Cookie Clicker our game of the year, but we can definitely call it the game of the week because it didn't have very heavy competition. Uh, Jared played Fast and Furious. I don't know if there's like a subtitle to that it, title. It is. Not, it is called Fast and Furious Showdown. Right. Not, not only did he play Fast and Furious, he felt the need to go and watch the Fast and Furious movies. For some bizarre reason. But, well, I'll get I'll get into that. Right. So, and Jay's been playing Ride to Hell, which is a horrible game. And, which is an aptly named title. Yeah, and of course I reviewed Aliens Colonial Marines, which is just... Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jay's kind of like very fresh off of Ride to Hell, so maybe he should start explaining what, what angers him. Yeah, you are, uh, you are just frothing with... Ride to hell goodness, so I gotta I gotta hear this shit. 
it's almost like they went out of their way to make sure there wasn't a single good mechanic in this game. I feel like I've played other video games, you know, and maybe they weren't the best game in the world, but they would have like one redeeming feature, like maybe the story or maybe an interesting gameplay mechanic I'd seen before. Um, and that's, it's like ride to hell. It never stops blowing my mind with kind of how bad it is. Uh, I just, I just came off of this mission. This mission actually pissed me off. I've been, I've been playing this game all weekend. You know, a glitch would come along. I would laugh at it. It's kind of, the game's kind of all over the place and disjointed. But this glitch just now, there's a chase sequence, an on-foot chase sequence, where you're trying to track down this member of the Devil's Hand, uh, which is this biker gang that killed your brother. Because you need to find this guy named King Dick. That's his name. And you track down this member, you're supposed to be chasing him through the streets, so, you know, you go through one section of Devil's Hand, beat them up, keep chasing this guy, and then finally you get to kind of the last little bit, and you're chasing him, and then the mission will kind of randomly just end until you need to restart. So I'm there for a good, I would say, 15 minutes trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to kill this guy? No, killing this guy is a game over. Uh, trying to get ahead of this guy and chasing him exactly where you know he's going to go. That's a game over. Finally, I had to look up some videos online and these videos show me that you have to hold your gun on him until a little circle fills up all the way red and then the mission will end correctly and you'll get a cutscene. Now, the problem with this mission is it's completely unexplained. They're introducing a brand new mechanic seven hours into the gameplay. You know, and I was like just so utterly kind of confused and just kind of like so bad and not fun uh, i was ready to just write off the whole thing as broken so i think i don't know it's 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 hard to, it's really hard to say because it's just like one of those things where there's nothing here that can redeem it well okay you see because i'm not even i'm not even raging yet but i can get there i'm kind of like starting with a small introduction but uh, let's 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 start from the beginning. You are Jake Toledo. You're a Vietnam vet. The game starts out with a really confusing introduction where you're gunning down, you know, random guys with a chain gun, and then you're jumping over a helicopter. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So you're at the army. You're at the army base. You go home and you meet your little brother Tommy. And Tommy is like, oh yeah, I'm into these bands now. It's like, oh, you're into bands? You know, they're using like really vague terminology. Like bands, not rock and roll. They're bands. I'm like, okay, this, this guy's into bands, and he runs like, out of maybe he's into like alternative music. <laughs> it's just, it's just bands. It's very generic bands, and he has a girlfriend named Ellie, and his girlfriend Ellie is really smart because she reads books. You know, it's like a <laughs> three-year-old. You're into books. I'm into bands. <laughs> <laughs> he's in. They're into books. She introduced him to the bands. You know, he runs away from home because no one understands him. He wants to see a band, and his grandpa's like, no, you can't go and see a band tonight. So you have to chase him down. And then Devil's <laughs> Hand decides out of the blue that they're going to kill you and your little brother. Um, and the mystery of the game is, you know, why did Devil's Hand kill your little brother, and why did they try to kill you? And I honestly think this is a question that the game designers don't know themselves. I think it's going to be like, a big old lead around. I'm going to get to the end and it's going to be just as confusing as anything else in this game. So it's really, I mean, it's, it's all so fucking terrible. Like I've never seen anything this bad. Uh, the driving mechanics in the game. Have, have either of you played a uh, Tony Hawk underground? 
I think I did. Uh, I actually didn't. I stopped with Tony Hawk after three. Tony Hawk Underground isn't a bad game, but for some, you know, this is the time when San Andreas had done really well, and so every game decided it needed driving. Metal Gear Solid had also done well, so every game decided it needed stealth. And so Tony Hawk Underground had this driving mechanic. Wait, and what? <laughs> yeah, you had to drive cars in Tony Hawk. Um, to to where? <laughs> like like up half pipes? Uh, no, not up half pipes. You would drive them through the suburb, or you know, the stages stages were a little bigger than the Pro Skater series, but not that much bigger. The, the driving in these missions was kind of pretty awful. And the reason I bring up Tony Hawk driving missions is because Ride to Hell has somehow made the gameplay worse than it was in Tony Hawk. Well, it's let me like, let me ask you a question though, because you kind of yeah. I feel like you opened a box and then didn't tell me what was in it. So you mentioned uh, Metal Gear Solid and Stealth. <laughs> so does Tony Hawk have Tony- Stealth driving? Tony Hawk, no, Tony Hawk Underground has stealth sections. I'm just remembering all the pointless. It had that too? <laughs> yes, it had stealth. I think I need to go back and play this. <laughs> it had stealth ahead. That can be, that can be our next podcast. Um, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of like putting a giant cardboard box over your car. <laughs> yeah, Tony Hawk had, had stealth, had, had, um, had driving. And as confusing as all of that was, it's actually more confusing than Ride to Hell, why they would do this. Okay, you go to an amusement park, and there's a bumper car ride, right? You get in the bumper cars, and it's like one of those unfun ones where it's like, okay, you have to drive in a circle and not crash into anyone. You know, and if you crash into someone on the ride, then um, a carny will come up and he'll free up your vehicle, or he'll tell you to kind of, you know, get out. Uh, that's what driving in this game is like, you know? If you, you're driving your motorcycle around, if you gently bump into any object, which is really easy to do because the controls, uh, they're not even loose. The controls actually fight you in this game. You can turn in one direction and the, and your motorcycle will want to go in the other, or the camera will want to go in another direction. Uh, they'll fight you. So if you gently bump into any object on the map, if you gently bump into a fence or a bush or another car, um, it'll reset you further back on the map. And there are a lot of arbitrarily timed missions on this game. You know, it's like, oh, you only have four minutes to get to this place for some reason. Uh, you know, there's a drug deal going down. You have two minutes to take the drugs over to this place. And I'm like, why don't they have two minutes to take the drugs here? And the game's like, I don't know, because we need to put a timer here. Um, so the driving is really awful. The combat is like... It, everything everything has like so much health and damage is kind of like wildly all over the place you get behind cover supposedly enemies will get behind cover too and shoot at you and here's what i found about cover systems that really kind of pisses me off if a cover system is really really good ai enemies will come out of cover they'll flank you and they'll shoot you to death so it's like either way um that's the way these cover systems end up working so of course this is a bad version of the cover system uh, enemies often ignore it, and they'll come out and they'll shoot you, and, uh, you know, some enemies have infinite ammo, and then you're kind of dead. You're being pumped full of bullets, and that's kind of it. And then other enemies will come out of cover and flank you, and then they'll just stand there and do nothing. So, so maybe we should move on to another aspect. Well, let's also be a bit clear here. Uh, I watched just a video of it, and the sights and sounds are pretty atrocious as well. It's not just the game mechanics. Oh, the sights and sounds are pretty atrocious. And here's the thing about it. 
I've actually run into visual glitches I have never seen in a video game before. There's like this weird draw distance kind of glitch. I figured out it's draw distance now. Where depending on where you're standing from an object, right? Half of that object will kind of disappear. But if you pan the camera up a little bit, the object will slowly reappear upwards. If you pan it down, it will slowly disappear downwards. It's like really weird. I've never seen this kind of visual glitch before. It's like if you had a poster on the wall, right? And you stood five feet away and kind of half of the poster disappeared, but the other half was still there. And I've never seen a visual. They, they invented a new glitch. I just have not seen this. But that, <laughs> is it a glitch or is it an artistic choice? An artistic choice is giving them these extremely large Popeye hands, um, <laughs> which is a poor artistic choice. But the textures are bad, um, draw distances are bad. I mean, what else is there to talk about for Ride Hell? Because there's a lot to talk about. It's so, the story. I'm, I'm seven hours in, and the story still makes no sense to me. I know. Very vaguely, I'm on some kind of revenge mission, and I'm running around killing the bosses of this biker gang. The game has this really kind of weird... It's trying to be hardcore and mature, but it's also very uh, kind of juvenile and puerile. But not only that, it has censorship in the weirdest places. That's, what, so, that's actually what I was going to ask, is like, I know that I know that when you get your rocks off, it's uh, it's in full full dress. Like I actually, it almost looked to me like characters put on more clothing <laughs> prior to prior to sex. They're like, hold on, baby, let me get my formals on. I mean, it's so it's it's so fucking bizarre. I just I just completed a strip club level, right? And you know, there are girls there that look like strippers. They're wearing pasties. Some of them are completely nude. Um, well, not completely. Some of them, you know, they have thongs on, whatever. But it's like they're completely topless and. They're in there, they're dancing, but then you have these sex scenes where everyone is just kind of fully clothed, and it's really awkward. And, you know, <laughs> the acting in this thing is so bad, but the actresses playing these girls are trying, like, so hard uh, to sound like they're having this really enjoyable sex, and everyone is clothed, and it's just awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> and the game will interrupt you for sex at the weirdest moments. There is one mission where some girl had me bring her to some party. So I take her to the oh, party. That That's one sex right there. That's, that's one sex right there. I take her to the party. The party kind of, you know, it's an ambush. Um, and then I kill them. And the girl comes up and she's like, hey, thanks for saving us. Uh, let's have an orgy. So we have a fully clothed orgy uh, with me and this girl and three of her friends. Um, and it's back to the gameplay. And... It happens often. It's like there's this, there's this, there's this one girl, this one blonde haired, you know, she's got the Daisy Dukes and the cut off denim jacket. And this one kind of NPC model is supposed to be multiple girls throughout the game. So whenever I see her and whenever, you know, I get to a new kind of story objective and she's there, I know it's supposed to be a different girl because the game says it's a different girl, but it's the exact same fucking model every time. And there are like two palette swaps to kind of make it a little different. So there's one of her with lighter hair and lighter blue jeans. And then there's one of her that's black um, with an afro. So, you I know mean, what this reminds me of? Uh, th- just every every single thing you're saying. Uh, you know that movie, The Room? <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it, I mean, the room had nudity, though. Yeah, what I'm saying though is everything is kind of the same as Ride to Hell. Like Ride to Hell is the room if it was a video game. <laughs> right. It's like everything's really bad, and uh, the actors are just like weird and out of place. There's weird sex scenes where they shouldn't belong. <laughs> yeah. I, I have an I have an oddly specific question about the sex scenes because um, okay. I watched one on YouTube because um, I was curious, very curious, and I noticed uh, that the they keep their clothing on, but at least the one that I watched, you can't see the the groinal regions. Um, yeah, see, they, they, they censor the groin regions in all of them. But so uh, so you you never like you can't because you could in theory. If you really wanted to, like, imagine this game working, you could, in theory, just say, well, they pulled down their pants and they just kept their shirts on, right? You could, you could in theory, say that they cut a hole in their denim shorts <laughs> and had sex that way because it will bleed down a little bit. It just won't show the full crotch. But, you know, you'll see the belt and you'll see all that other stuff. Oh, so, uh, so pant, pants in some cases are, are almost certainly on. And actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, the scene I watched, I believe the woman was wearing a jumpsuit, which definitely... Yeah. Which is like the which is like the second sex scene you get, and it's it's still probably the most awkward in the entire game. It seems like everybody, or at least every woman in this game, should be wearing like those pajamas that have the flap in the back. And not only that, but every woman that you hook up with seems to care about you a great deal. For some, you know, for someone just kind of had like casual sex with, it's like it's like the uh, jumpsuit you're saying. It's like after you have sex with her, she's like. Be careful. I don't want you to go off and get killed now. I'm like, okay, well, thanks for the casual sex. I'm glad you care so much. And that's, then you go that's off. That's how on... you show people you care. <laughs> uh, one girl I just saved, it was like, the objective was stop the devil's hand from uh, blowing up a gas station. So you kill them, you know, you follow the scroll down the alley, you kill devil's hand around there, you two have sex, and then it's back to killing guys. Uh, there's just. No words were exchanged. There was no reason for it. It just happened. Do you think maybe they're doing that like they think it's sort of clever? Like that's almost their Saints Row moment where they're like, oh, and then this woman just bangs you out of nowhere. And they think it's really cool and like funny, but it's just failing for a number of reasons. Yeah, like like in, like Saints Row 2 had a lot of moments like that where it's like, you know, oh, yeah, we're being super edgy and mature. And that brings me back to like some of these executions like. One guy, you kill him by lighting up a stick of dynamite and then throwing it on his chest. And that's supposed to be like, oh, so edgy and cool. And I'm like, oh, man, you guys are morons. It's like, you know, and it's 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 hard. It's hard to understand because there's just you can't even question character development. It's just all so confusing and disjointed. It's like, you know, okay, I get Jake wants revenge and I get he's a Vietnam vet. But it's like really throwing a stick of dynamite on someone. And then um, kind of like the bad animation and the bad graphics work against it i remember one scene there's a guy who runs out of a burning building he's a devil's hand member and he begs jake to give him a bucket of water and jake kicks the bucket of water away it's like you know i'm gonna let you burn alive and the guy dies but here's the problem uh his model didn't look like he was on fire really it looked like his shoes were on fire so it seemed like the guy was supposed to be fine but the game help me bro my reeboks are on fire (laughs) exactly and then it's just like weird censorship anyway. Part of this, this game's big thing is you can pick up drugs and you can sell them, right? So there's a, there's a, there's a huge mission, uh, where you basically burn down this farm where the devil's hand is growing these drugs and you're running through the farm 
you know, you're seeing these plants, and these plants don't look like any drug plant I've ever seen. They're like these little red trees. They look like, you know, a Japanese maple or, um, you know, one of those floral arrangements that you'll get to, you know, for a funeral. They don't look like marijuana or poppies or anything else that they're supposed to be. To be um, fair, that was the only freeware model they could find online. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you would think they would they would at least tint it green, right? So, um, right. so are you guys saying I should stop buying pink pot? Yes. Because <laughs> they told me that that was sticky or icky <laughs> than usual. That's why I got all pink. While you were while you were uh, ranting and raving like like a, a, a crotchety old man, <laughs> I, w- I went on to Amazon and I I went ahead and found myself a uh, a perhaps opinion that runs in the opposite direction. I found a five star review for Ride to Hell. Okay. I, I thought maybe I could read it to you and you could see if there's some insight as to maybe like, you know, like when you go into an art museum and you look at the picture and you're like, I don't get it. And then you leave later and you look it up on Wikipedia and then you get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. Because that. that happens to you all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. You're just in the museum and then... So this uh, five-star review, it's the only one on Amazon, um, <laughs> at least the only one that seems slightly sincere. Uh, this is an Amazon verified purchase, so they know that this person did buy the game. Uh, it is by the author whose name is Rapister. Ra- Rapister. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, not a rapist. No. A rapister. Sounds, sounds legitimate. Okay. Um, here we go. Guns, motorbikes, and a big attitude. This is what makes a great game. Extremely entertaining with a grindhouse style. No longer do they make quality games with originality till I played this and it blew my mind away. <laughs> Obviously a, not a big AAA giant budget title, but money isn't everything. It's in the game. That's the review. Nine, I mean, nine people found that helpful. Well, I mean, it's certainly... How do, you, how do you address this, Jay? This glaring omission that you've made? Um, <laughs> do you, I mean, you've, do you... you've essentially made the same mistake that uh, you know so many people make about Skullgirls. Uh, you, right. you can't you can't appreciate how good it is. <laughs> right. It, you don't get you don't get the grindhouse style. Like I don't know if you ever saw the movie Grindhouse with with Planet Terror and Death Proof, but you know if you walked into that and you were expecting you know like a really good movie, then you weren't really understanding the premise. And what I perhaps wonder is if you just weren't adequately prepared for just how good Ride to Hell would be. I am human, so I am fallible. So I admit that I may have made a few mistakes. And it's true that Ride to Hell could quite possibly be high art, and it's blown completely over my head. It's it's um, avant-garde, yeah. It's avant-garde. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the abstract view of two clothed people having sex is just kind of a, a mention on society about how we're so afraid to be naked. I'll bet you, I'll bet you both, $10.00. That you're going to walk down the street one day and you're going to look over at the Museum of Modern Art and there will be a display public facing the street behind glass. And it will be two people just grinding at it, <laughs> fully clothed, ballroom dress, just fucking going at it. And you're going to be like, oh, I could have been on this train, but I'm not. I mean, this is New York City, so you're probably closer to the truth than you think. Yeah, but they're not homeless. <laughs> it's art. There's right. a fine line between homeless and art, though. So, uh, hey. <laughs> Mostly the sort of stains that you have on your clothes. <laughs> right. Right. If there's one good thing I can't say... I just think if you can't trust a guy named Rapister, who can you trust? 
Yeah, I mean, that's like, it almost sounds like his title or something. Like, you know, you could be like a magistrate. Maybe he's like a rapist trait. <laughs> I, I I have I have grown very fond of um this blonde prostitute character who's supposed to serve as several different characters throughout the narrative. You know, she's like I, I feel like she's my only actual access to the world, you know, she's like Nurse Joy in Pokemon or number six in Canada. <laughs> you know? I, I I can appreciate that. <laughs> she's she's got the most character development because she's supposed to be about six different people. Here's the fun thing. Mention on uh, Wikipedia under reception. It says Eutechnus's own website did not list its own game on its product pages or its news pages. So <laughs> that's the faith that they put into Ride to Hell. And yeah. I just wanted to point that out. Do we want to talk about uh, aliens next or Fast and Furious? Do we want to save one of them for last? Um, well, Jay, you did such a good job telling us about uh, Ride to Hell. I don't yeah. think I did. I, mean, I really don't think I did. Jay, I feel like I rambled because I'm still stuck processing how bad this game is. I'm relatively prepared to talk about Fast and Furious if that's what you guys would like to do. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna inevitably lead to us talking about movies again, like we always do for some reason. But perfect. Well, there's the hook right there. All right. Well, let me. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh god, um, Fast and Furious Showdown is the uh the the tie-in game for for Fast and Furious 6 which came out this May. So it's a little bit older. I, I think all these, excuse me, I think I think all these are from a little bit earlier in the year. And so this game I think is supposed to it, it, it's it has the same problem that every uh game based on a movie has, which is that it has to fall within a certain release window or everyone will have forgotten about your intellectual property by the time it sees light. So like the game and the and the movie have to be re- released within you know a couple weeks of each other, and there's not a lot of time to put it together. And I think that as a general rule, the publisher is is to blame in in kind of cash grabs like this. And in this case, it probably won't come as much of a surprise that that publisher is Activision that has released this gem. Of course. Um, and so it's developed by uh, I believe the developer's name is Firebrand Games. And if you haven't heard of them, that's okay. Uh, what what they do is they they primarily make racing games. That seems to be their specialty if you look at their history. Uh, and those games primarily are released on the Nintendo DS. Uh, I think Fast and Furious. I think Fast and Furious is their first 3DS game. And it is. I mean, even if you look at the Xbox 360, PlayStation, PC, it, it's on everything. Um, I don't think it's on the Wii or the Wii U. Um, but I, I think everything else it's been released on. It definitely. I guess the first problem with the game is that it does look like a 3DS game that just got upscaled and uh, and put onto my TV. Uh, it's incredibly ugly. I, I went back and did some very extensive comparisons, and I, it yeah. it definitely looks like it's from about the PlayStation 2 era. Uh, I bet if you looked hard enough, you could maybe find a Nintendo 64 game that looked a little better. <laughs> As far as like decoration and scenery goes, there's there's kind of a parallax looking background on most of the levels. Levels are, I, I guess, I guess if I was to give them some credit, like the levels all look like the kind of the place they're supposed to be. Like when you play in Mexico, it's a desert and there's cactuses everywhere, and uh, and when you <laughs> stereotypical Mexico. When you play in Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles is actually probably the worst looking level. Uh, because it's supposed to be night, I think maybe to make the, everything seem more grim and exciting. 
Um, but it just looks, it looks just blurry and bad and it's raining kind of, but I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's a very ugly, uh, ugly game, but that's not, let's face it. That's not what you care about. Who, who cares about the graphics when you're talking about the fast and the furious? What you want is that sweet, sweet plot line. Of course. With some Vin Diesel's and some Paul Walker's. (laughs) Now, full disclosure. I am only to the halfway point of the game, um, and I'm stuck on a mission, and I can't seem to progress any further. Uh, but basically, the way the game works is there are two agents. Uh, I, I think they're shit. They, I, they work for the Rock, not not in the game. <laughs> like like they work for the character the Rock plays, and right. they they both are are tasked with uh, catching the Toretto gang, which is the gang that uh, that Vin Diesel runs. Um, this 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 lovable car gang, and so what what they basically do is they these two women discuss like like one will be like they can't be that good at racing, and then the other one will point to a map and she'll be like you should have seen them when they raced in Los Angeles, and then you'll go through the Los <laughs> Angeles missions where there will be like five stages um, where where you race in Los Angeles or, or or do whatever there's there's more than racing, but then it'll always come back to the women and she'll be like. Okay, so they race good, but how tight could they really be? There's got to be some relationship problems, and then and then she'll be like, "Well, you didn't see them cooperate with each other in Rio de Janeiro," and then, <laughs> and then point to the map, and we zoom into that too. Um, um, I'm I'm just gonna interrupt you really quick um, because someone actually did take the time to write this story, so I feel like you're being a little bit disrespectful. Vin Diesel, his character's name is Dominic Toretto. Okay? I did, didn't I say that? This is a Toretto gang. You didn't say Dominic Toretto. Well, right, but and then, the, the and gang... then Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne Johnson's name is Hobbs. Yeah, so I, just, I knew that. So it's going forward, okay? Are, are they into bands? Uh, they might be into bands. Yeah, no are bands. they into bands? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, well, that's how you know if they're really badass. There, well, there's, there's the, the game soundtrack is primarily some of the worst dubstep that I have ever heard. And uh, and then some hip hop, uh, none of which I've been able to identify. I don't know where they got the tracks or, or what exactly happened there. Um, I think I think there's a website called freesounds.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably probably something like that. Uh, one thing that I I thought was curious is uh, the game does feature completely licensed cars. So like you'll drive a Dodge SRT4 or whatever. I think that's a that's the one of them. Um, and the reason why that surprises me is you can completely destroy these cars. Like you can make them explode and you can beat them up so bad that the doors fly off and stuff like that. I'm not sure how they got away with that because like Gran Turismo and, uh, and, uh, what's another game that has licenses? Uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted. If you play both of those, like they, they actually have a stipulation that says that the car can't get more damaged than a certain amount uh, or, or they won't let you use the licenses. And somehow, I, I guess maybe because the movie license allows them to do this, but these cars just get beat the hell up, uh, despite being official licensed versions. So am I the only... I think you're probably with me in the fact that you don't give a shit whether a racing game has uh, licensed cars. Um, no, I, it's it's it makes it cooler, I think, in a, in a way. Like, it's not a, a make-or-break situation for me. Um, I'm a real big fan of arcade racers, and I'm a real big fan of shit blowing up. And so right. just that license limitation has made it so I, I actually probably prefer a game that doesn't have 
uh, licensed cars, but I do understand why someone would want them there, and and it does make the experience a little bit more interesting. But it does not help Fast and Furious Showdown, uh, probably <laughs> probably in any way whatsoever. Uh, if you want to get into the issues aside from graphics, I would say that probably the next biggest problem is that physics in the game are probably bizarre at best and and non-existent at worst. Um, so so first of all, how your car handles before each mission. This is this is how just fucking rushed and shitty this game is. So before each mission, you get to pick a character. Okay. And so for the first mission, you can pick Michelle Rodriguez or a British guy. Sorry, Fast Letty. and Furious. Letty. Letty or uh, Owen Shaw. I think that's his name. Owen Shaw, I believe. Um, so you can you can pick which one of them you want to be. And which one of them you pick also determines what car you drive. You can't... So so Letty drives a Dodge and Shaw drives a such and such, etc., uh, etc. Et Th- throughout the game, that's how the whole thing works. You pick a character, but you also pick the car as a result. Now, each car has stats attached to it, like handling and acceleration and things like that, and they're all in star ratings. And here's why this is just a stupid fucking system, is, like, I got to a, a race that I could not beat. I just simply couldn't beat it. And what wound, what I wound up doing is I exited out of the game and went back and picked the other character. By the way, that's the only way to change characters, is to completely exit out of the game and then go back in and pick a new one. That is also the only way to customize your car, that is also the only way to attach modifications, which you will earn throughout the game via upgrade or via experience points. So if you unlock a totally cool modification, the only way to attach it to your car is to completely exit the game and then go back in and then you can choose to add it. Um, but either way, I, well, I went out so I couldn't beat this race and I'm Asian guy. Sorry. Um, Han. Han. Th- thank you. And so I'm that you, you know more about this shit than me. Actually, I'm on IMDb, but... Okay, maybe you can help me then. There's Asian guy, and then there's a dude with dreads. And I'm not sure... Dreads. Is that Ludacris? Um, probably. What's his name? Or there's Tubby Gibson. There's Roman, and there's Tedge. Okay, Tedge is partnered with, um, with Brian for the majority of the game, so I would assume it's Roman. That's his name, Roman? Yeah, Roman. Great name. Um, <laughs> so anyway... Uh, so I exit out because like, I can't beat this race, and I pick the other dude, and I look at the stars when I'm comparing the two, and the other guy has one star more in every category. Like, there's no, like, clever trade-off, like, this guy's fast, and this guy over here, he's good at, he's good at, uh, at turning or something like that. It's just one of them is definitively better than the other. <laughs> Uh, and so I just went, went back and picked him, and then suddenly I was able to to pass the race. And it's just ridiculous. Like like the one guy had had a low rating in in turning, and so like his car just simply wouldn't turn in most situations. And then the other guy, he had another star, <laughs> and so what would happen with him is his car would turn, but it would overcorrect, and it would just like every time it would overcorrect and slam me into the wall sideways or something like that. I. Uh, I- I do want to say before you kind of move on that, uh, sure. you know, despite your, your bitching about the fast and furious customization system here, it does have a better customization system than Ride to Hell. Which... All right. All right. I'll, I'll play this game. Tell me about Ride to Hell's customization. <laughs> well, here, let me, let me tell you about Ride to Hell's customization system. Oh no. <laughs> um, so there's a hub town in Ride to Hell and there's a garage there where you can go and customize your bike and you start with two bikes. One bike is named the Lost Soul, and the other bike is named Army Bike. 
So you go in there, you go into the garage. Wait, just that's the full name is Army Bike? Army Bike and Lost Soul. These are the two bikes that you can start with in your garage. Jakey's Bike Bike. So you go in there, Lost Soul is your default bike, right? And you can see all these different customizing options for it. But I decide, before I go ahead and customize Lost Soul, I want to see what's on Army Bike. So I go down, and I select Army Bike, and guess what happens? It, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I can imagine it. The game locks my Lost Soul bike. I completely lose it. I can't get it back. It's gone. There's a, there's a little lock on it. I have no idea how to unlock it again. So Lost Soul is gone. I can't customize that bike. I can't touch it. I can't bring it out of the garage. But I do have Army Bike. An army bike has exactly zero customization options. No <laughs> what you do. So I've been driving that shitty army bike the entire game. <laughs> that 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 army bike is not made for dressing up. It's just made for business. So <laughs> this is your fault. Right. All right. All right. Okay. I'll admit that that is less intuitive because at least I can get the attachments to attach. <laughs> And I don't have to worry about them disappearing suddenly or, or vanishing forever. So I suppose I can admit defeat in uh, in that particular regard. Um, God, my game actually sounds pretty good, got by comparison. And, and I, I will say that the best thing about Fast and Furious Showdown is that they've got a lot of just kind of ideas going. Like the gameplay changes quite a bit. So I was worried that it was just going to be races the entire time because that's how it starts is just by racing around a track. And uh, and when you're racing around that track, you have an item on your car that lets you flip other cars when they get in front of you. Um, and I thought that that would probably just be it because everything else has been so lazy. Why wouldn't the gameplay match it? Um, but actually, there's a lot of modes. There's one where... So first of all, something I didn't mention, the entire game is uh, co-op compatible. And so at any point, you can have your friend come in and drop into the game and take over the other car that you're racing around with. The problem I would I would suggest is that it's local co-op only. There's no online mode. Uh, if if you have a friend who who likes the Fast and the Furious, you can get them to come and play with you. Um, and in some missions that works really well. So uh, there's a mission type I, I think it's called Mayhem, where basically you're on the run and you're being chased by a lot of other cars, and one person leans out the window with an Uzi or a Gatling gun or something, and uh, the other person drives the car. And if you're playing single player, you can switch back and forth between those two by just hitting the Y button. Uh, but if you're playing co-op, one person drives and the other person guns. And it's just a, a split screen setup. And that actually works really well and, and is a lot of fun. There's there's a lot of like little design crap choices that they made, though. Like um, the person gunning, if you if you shoot a car, it will blow up. If you shoot it long enough, it'll it'll explode. Um, but if you shoot like the driver, nothing happens. If you shoot, if you shoot the gunner hanging out the window, nothing happens. He'll just, you know, keep absorbing damage until the car blows up. But so I don't get, they, they don't have any of that detail. Um, but if you shoot the tire out, it totally pops the tire and their car's disabled and it works. Well, you know, you can't shoot the uh, people they're licensed. So there's, there's no incentive to shoot the gunman, but there's a ton of incentive to, to aim at the tire. And what's what's funny is if you do shoot the gunman and blow up the car, you'll notice in the corner it says headshot. It gives you some extra XP. Um, I mean, but I mean, technically, shrapnel going through the brain is a headshot. Well, yeah, but that would make every kill a headshot. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's curious. It's it's an odd choice. But anyway, so co-op works pretty hey, well in that mode. It's, at, at least you can get headshots. 
That's true. <laughs> That's true. So there are no headshots in Ride to Hell? There are headshots in Ride to Hell, unless they're wearing a hockey mask. Which, as we all know, makes you impervious to bullets. Yep. That's why people are always wearing them. <laughs> There's a lot of bullets coming at you when you play hockey, so... Maybe yeah, I, I feel like as this goes on, as Jason starts to talk about Colonial Marines, uh, this is just going to end up being a dick-swinging contest as to whose game is worse. Well, but, right. let, me, let me tell you a little bit more about mine, then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you dick. Right. Okay. Uh, so uh, the co-op works pretty well in the gun situation. I actually I played it with my wife, and it was actually kind of fun. Um, where the co-op stops working well is like it carries over to races, but there's no reason to play the races in co-op. To beat them, you have to finish at least third. And the thing is, is if you blow up at any given time, the game's over. You have to start uh, start over again. And that is for if either person blows up. So if you're playing with someone who's maybe not as experienced or not as good and they explode, then you have to start the mission over. And it just kind of creates that adversarial co-op where you're like, you, you fucking idiot, why aren't you doing better? Instead of like if you blew up and then the other person could keep driving and see what happens, you know, that 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 might work better. Basically, what I'm getting at is there's no incentive to play co-op in a lot of the missions because it actually just makes shit harder to do. Conversely, though, there are some missions where it's much more difficult without co-op. To give you an example of a mission that I was actually there's a lot of times where this game has kind of gotten me excited a little bit and then immediately let me down. Um, there's a mission that you go on where you have a harpoon gun mounted on top of your, of your, uh, it's like a Humvee that you're driving around. And the, the goal is to basically, it lets you out into this open area that you can drive around in kind of like, uh, kind of like rogue squadron or something like that. If you remember a long time ago where just, there's this area that you can kind of just do circles around in, but basically you can drive around and your goal is to, uh, take this harpoon gun and tether it to these uh, radio towers that you'll then proceed to pull down. Um, and that's a that's a cool idea to me. It's, it's kind of like the AT-ATs in uh, Empire Strikes Back or something like that, you know? Shadows of the Empire. I guess Rogue Squadron, too. Um, yep. That it, it seemed like a it, it's a breath of fresh air, you know? It, it, I was excited to do it. But the problem is, is that fucking tether gun will not tether to anything. It takes, I have, I have sat there at point blank at those goddamn stations and <laughs> shot at them. And if you are sitting there at point blank range and shooting at them, it will still take you at least three to four times before you'll harpoon it. Wow. And just for no other reason than because. Um, and God forbid you let the AI do the shooting. If you do the driving and the AI does the shooting, then it'll, it'll never hit it. Period. I've, I've literally like parked right next to the fucking tower and he can't hit it no matter what I do. So that's a situation where you definitely would want a co-op partner. I remember one thing that really pissed me off. Speaking of another mode, there's hijackings, which are, I, I did watch some fast and furious movies to try and figure out where this game fit in the plot line. The answer is, the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> I cannot figure out. I cannot figure out what this game has to do with these movies. So, so, so which Fast and the Furious is, uh, did you watch? I watched. Uh, I watched. Well, I've already seen one and two. Uh, I skipped Tokyo Drift. You skipped Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I just. Eh, it seemed the most detached okay. from the main plot line. It's. It's. I mean, it's semi. No. I hear. Real, I hear actually. it's an okay movie. I just. It's actually. An, it's actually an okay movie. It's not a good movie, but it's an okay movie. So I watched I watched Fast and Furious 4, which is just called Fast and Furious. 
Yes. And then I began Fast Five, which seems to be where at least most of the locations for this game are taken from. Um, but nothing that actually happens in the game seems to really happen in Fast Five. So I, I haven't, I haven't seen Fast and Furious, and I haven't seen Fast Five. Can you give us like your brief one sentence review on each? Oh my God, these movies don't make sense. Uh, <laughs> Fast and Fast and Furious is about Vin Diesel and his girlfriend. So the movie opens with them robbing a gas truck. Because apparently gas is a really precious resource in this in this dystopian future, um, so much so that when the man driving the truck notices them, he opens fire. He begins shooting his gun at them as they try to as they try to hijack his uh, his oil. They're not trying to get into his cabin or anything like that. They're just you know they're breaking off his uh, his tankers basically, and this is enough to to draw the ire and and cause a firearm to come out. Let's just fire off gunshots around in a gas truck. So either way, because I don't remember names, Michelle Rodriguez is killed by a crime lord. You know, she has a huge problem with that, Michelle Rodriguez in general. Well, she just gets killed a lot. She's killed off camera, and I I believe she's back in six. So I mean, she's, she's just, I, I'm just saying her entire career. If you watch anything with Michelle Rodriguez in it, you know she's going to die. Yeah, at some <laughs> point. It's unfortunate. I don't know if this series would kill her twice. I guess we'll see. Um, either way, this makes Vin Diesel very angry, and so he goes on a quest to uh, to avenge her death and kill the person who did it. And uh, and Paul Walker is a policeman who is also looking for the person who did it because he's a very wanted person, and that's literally the story. And then they find the person by racing, and then they kill the person. And that's Fast and Furious. That's nice and succinct. That's pretty good. Good A+. Plus. Okay. I'm still learning about Fast Five. I'll get back to you on that one later. All right. How is it so far? So so far, uh, it's actually probably the best out of out of the ones I've watched. I think it's got like a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it, it actually did okay. Because yeah. here's, here's what they did. They, they took a, a series of movies that was about like this car culture and like, oh, yeah, hot babes starting the street race, yo. Oh, you know, that need for speed underground thing. And uh, what they did basically in five is they changed it around. So it's more of a heist movie. It's kind of like Ocean's Eleven, except with cars and oh, kind of and cool. like cocaine, I guess. Um, but it's way more interesting. It's it's a lot more entertaining than than four was. Um, I don't think that I would watch these in any other scenario than this one. Uh, but it's it's definitely not as bad as it could have been. But so that, what, that also means what, it's uninteresting. What what then motivated you to watch these? I mean, I, I you you say you say it's to figure out where the game fit in the narrative. Yeah, that that uh, literally was it. I literally watched <laughs> these. I watched these because I wanted one line in the review where I could address where these games fit into the narrative world of the Fast and the Furious. And unfortunately, I am not really any closer to answering that question. Um, partially because this game's narrative is so fractured and fucked up, like. All they're doing is remembering old things that happened. Where Fast and the Furious, the video game, fits into this narrative is we can probably make a few extra million bucks off of this movie. <laughs> Let's release this game. And that's exactly where it fits. So you're saying that's the money it. comes fast and I'm furious. Saying, I'm saying the money comes fast and the furious. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where it fits. <laughs> Just more money. More money off of a franchise that'll never die. Well, there you go. 
um, it's it's a, it's like I said, it, it's actually kind of a cool game in the regards that like a lot of the stuff that they're doing is stuff that I would like to do in a video game. The tethering thing to knock down the towers could have been like really fun and really creative. Um, there's hijacking missions where you pull up next to a car and you get up on the roof and then you jump onto the car and you navigate to it to steal that car essentially while it's still going. Stuff that actually happens in the movies too. And it's all really interesting stuff, but it doesn't work. So, for example, when you do the hijacking mission, uh, yeah. you'll you'll pull up next to the car, and it'll have you press A to get out of the car. And then it has you tap A to maintain your balance on the car. And you, so you have to just mash on A to maintain your balance. Then, when you're done with that, it will have you aim your stick at the car that you want to jump to and press A to jump to the car. If you haven't noticed yet, all the buttons in the sequence... Are A. Are A. They haven't yeah. used any other buttons. So what inevitably happens is you get on the roof of the car and you're mashing the button to, to stay where you are. And then it'll be like, aim to the car and press A to jump. But you're still mashing. And so you just jump off of your car into like traffic and, <laughs> and die. And it happens. It happened to me a lot before I kind of figured out what exactly I was supposed to do. Okay. Well, I mean, is there like, so I take it you're not going to run out and write any Fast and the Furious fan fiction after this movie? Um, yeah, it's pretty safe to say. I actually, I, I did pull up a five-star Amazon review for it, if you guys are curious. <laughs> I, I am very curious about the five-star Amazon review. That's, okay, well, this, yeah. this will show you just how wrong I was. Um, this, this, uh, five-star review is also an Amazon verified purchase. Okay. And it is submitted by Camille Coivisto, who okay. probably is going to know a lot about it. Uh, Camille says, my grandson was so happy to get this game. He plays it a lot with his dad. It made him a happy camper. <laughs> well, I mean, the end. there you go. There you go. So. I don't think I've ever given a positive review well, of a game where I said it made me a happy camper. It's, it's because you're an old cynic, okay? You're like sitting here, <laughs> you know, this game's not for you. But the audience that's supposed to enjoy this game, enjoy this game. Who is this game for? Well, it made it made her grandson. It's for Camille's grandson. Yeah, right. That's who it's for. Hey, maybe maybe next up she should buy him Ride to Hell. <laughs> maybe Ride to Hell is a little too mature. Um, that's not the way kids should learn about the birds and the bees. All right. But as I said before, it's kind of rated M for everyone. So <laughs> it's mature situations, but no mature actual imagery. Well, now they're keeping their. I think you guys already made this joke. They're keeping their clothes on. Uh, during the sex, so maybe it's rated M for Mormon. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. is that correct? That's correct. I, that's accurate. That, that, that was that was uh, Jason's joke. <laughs> all right, all right, Jason. I I I just can't wait anymore to hear about yours. Was the cheapest of the bunch because it was finally on sale for for five dollars. Yep, and you probably overpaid for it, uh, that's, but that's okay. That's what happens. I think we've all probably watched all the alien movies right yeah don't worry i saw prometheus i know all about it <laughs> okay so i'm guessing that's maybe a no no i've i've seen them all except for uh i haven't seen three or the other one aliens colonial marines takes place after aliens to kind of refresh everyone's memory at the end of aliens ripley and the little girl and uh one of the marines makes it off of uh, LV-428. I get my LVs confused, so I'm sure someone will correct me. 
But uh, yeah, so basically it gives you a very good reason to send in a new batch of Marines. And, uh, you know, every first-person shooter has to be about Marines shooting aliens. So the thing about Aliens Colonial Marines is it's not a bad tie-in to the movie. The problem is it's not a very good game in any sense because everything's broken and I'm kind of disappointed because... You play a game like this and you expect it to be made by someone you've never heard of, but then you see a lot of well-known uh, names slapped all over it, like Gearbox. I don't know if Gearbox has different uh, different divisions. Does anybody know? Um, you know, I actually don't know. They would they would have to uh, to churn out Duke Nukem Forever and then Borderlands <laughs> Two. Like there, right. there's got to be some split teams there. That's what I'm thinking, because Borderlands is pretty good, and uh, Aliens Colonial Marines is complete and utter shit. I think you guys all saw the um, the screenshot I put up in my review, where you get into the power loader, and it tells you to press left-click to attack with your right arm, and right-click to attack with your left arm. I actually don't know that I noticed that detail. Okay. <laughs> so, at one what? point, you get... so. Is it like inverted controls, like when people, you know how some people are like sick fucks and want to play a first-person shooter like it's a flight stick? Right, so like where you move your mouse down and you look up. Maybe it's like that. I've never heard of a horizontal axis switch. but maybe. Uh, Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. I think it's an error, or I think maybe they were trolling on purpose. So just to get that out of the way really quick, eventually you come to a part where you have to use one of those power loaders to open up a door. It tells you to use left-click for your right arm and right-click for your left arm. Which just feels like a big slap in the face because up until that point, you're already not having any fun. <laughs> and now you feel like you're being made fun of. <laughs> and and yet you keep playing because you're just curious to really know for sure whether it's just a joke or if it's just really that bad. And did, did, so, you, did you answer that question? I can't answer that question because I can't keep playing the game. The issues with it constantly locking up or whatever the hell it's doing every time I walk into a new section of uh, like a new room basically because there are no load screens in the game so I guess it just decides it wants to load uh, after you walk through a door and that'll take as much time as it feels like it needs up to you know anywhere from five to ten minutes <laughs> I guess I, I guess I should mention and I'm sure Jay can probably echo similar sentiments um, Fast and Furious Showdown has locked up on me at least two to three times yeah, I, I I can proudly say Ride to Hell has never locked up on me. Um, Bravo, Ride to I, Hell. <laughs> I have had to restart because Jake will get stuck in really weird places. Um, like he'll get stuck just standing on the sidewalk, and right. you know the game's still going, so it hasn't locked up. He'll <laughs> just get stuck. <laughs> You know, that not to derail too much, but that does remind me one thing I noticed. Maybe I already mentioned this. The tracks in Fast and Furious Showdown have ramps scattered throughout them. This is just an idea of how good those physics are. Um, yeah. you, if you go off a ramp and you're going fast enough, your car will rotate in the air, just, just like horizontally rotate, until you are facing backwards perfectly on the track, um, at which point you, of course, would have to flip around completely and essentially, I've, I've been reminded of this because you have to restart the race, basically, if you go off a ramp too quickly. That that happens a lot. <laughs> so I just I just stopped going off ramps eventually. 
So uh, it's actually worse than Aliens because it doesn't, when it freezes, you don't have to like start all over. But at the same time, because it freezes for up to like a minute at a time, it's like a, a hitching effect. Except you can't tell whether it's hitching or whether it's actually frozen. That's problematic. But what's also problematic is I think we all know that xenomorphs are supposed to be these sort of perfect organisms, which is why the company is always going after them. One of them in the first Alien movie was able to wipe out an entire crew except for Ripley. Right. And in Aliens Colonial Marines, uh, they're basically like dogs in Resident Evil. So they'll come sort of running up to you and making a lot of noise. And sometimes they'll like bite your arm and shit. And you basically just punch them off with the butt of your gun. And you just put a few rounds in them and they drop. The only difference between uh, an alien in this game and dogs is dogs don't usually run around on the ceilings. So Yours don't? Uh, Mine does. No, not usually. <laughs> so you actually get bombarded with aliens right from the start. So you're already immediately feeling like... You're already, you've already gone through so many aliens that you're now desensitized to everything and you're not scared of them at all. Are, and are, then, are there other enemies aside from xenomorphs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as you go on, you because this takes place right after aliens, this is after uh, the company moves in to sort of do their cleanup on the colony. And when they do that, they drop off a whole bunch of mercenaries. So you've got these... Uh, Wayland yutani mercenaries, and they are, I swear to God, I think I only remember one model for all the uh, general grunt units, which is like, I guess, maybe some black guy wearing like a trucker hat or something. Okay. Um, and you basically just keep fighting those, and then eventually you come across these like really heavily armored guys who I guess are just like the sort of token bullet sponges that you have to have in every FPS game for no reason. Of course, the really good thing about that is that they're always hiding behind a glowing red exploding barrel. Yeah, that's and the popular so thing to do. Right. I mean, as we all know, you can't have a first-person shooter without exploding barrels because that's the only way you can possibly switch it up by having somebody shoot at a barrel instead of the enemy for a change. Yeah. <laughs> well... I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of exploding barrels in Ride to Hell. I mean, Ride to Hell, because I don't know what you're talking about, Ride to Hell, which is the pinnacle of all gameplay, is, um, you know, we have exploding barrels too, giant red exploding barrels, and enemies right. will hide behind them. But here's the thing. I don't have to shoot at the exploding barrels in Ride to Hell. The enemies will do that themselves. And right, see, I don't, I don't up. get that luxury. <laughs> see, I see. When we talk about Fast and the Furious and Alien, the uh, Colonial Marines, as bad as those two games are, I think the developers of Ride to Hell looked at those games and said, "Okay, how can we be worse than that?" There are no exploding barrels in uh, Fast and Furious, are there? No, um, no, there's no. Oh, there, no, there could be. There are times where I feel like I might have hit an exploding barrel. Um, but I don't know that I can confirm that. There's a lot of just stuff where I, there's stuff that happens in that game where I think I know what's happening, but I'm not actually sure. So for example, every time you hit your NOS, um, every time you hit your boost, your fat boost, um, yeah. if you're playing as the Asian guy, Han, so w whenever you play as a character and you hit the boost, they say something, they're like, see you later, suckers, or, or we on, we on blast off now. And Han says something like that. He's like, later, guys. 
but I swear it's a female voice actor. I, I'm pretty sure they like mixed up some sound bites. And, but I can't, I can't be sure. I'm not sure. And it's the same thing with explosive barrels. Things explode, but I do not know if they're barrels. Well, you better not say they are. That's slander. The game, oh, so, game uh, is ugly enough that I'm not sure if they are barrels. <laughs> Actually, um, I would also like to say that um, I share Jart's sentiments on things explode in Ride to Hell. Things right. blow up a lot in Ride to yeah. Hell with no rhyme or reason. Things just explode, and I've grown used to it. I've grown used to the explosions. You just have to watch out because, as you said, when things explode and the enemy is caught in the explosion, they apparently don't count as a kill. Yeah, sometimes they won't count it as a kill, and enemies like to blow themselves up very, very often in this game. I've noticed. Um, it's I, I guess it's something they just do, they casually do. I'll be racing along the highway on my bike. An enemy will roll up alongside me on their bike, and they'll be hitting me with like their knife or shoot at me and then after a while i guess they get bored of trying to kill me so they race off and then they blow up <laughs> i have to say this because actually now i'm getting pissed because i just remembered something uh so you have squad mates in colonial marines they're kind of just throwaways i mean they say stuff sometimes and uh you can either ignore it or not when you're trying to do objectives they pop up like on your little motion sensor uh, and you can sort of see in the world where the objective is, like most modern games. Now, the Marines that are with you will often charge ahead to the objective, so uh, before you can even sort of check to see where the objective is and where you're supposed to be going, they're already charging there. So a lot of times you'll be, like, left alone in a room looking at your PDA or whatever, and uh, you'll look back up and realize that you're all alone <laughs> in, like, a dark room. <laughs> And because uh, nobody said anything, no, they just sort of like silently shuffled away. And uh, basically they'll wait for you sort of outside the door of where you're supposed to be. So if you find yourself eventually actually getting to the objective, they'll be standing there next to the door, just kind of like staring at the door. Um, I guess maybe longing for the door or something. <laughs> and... It'll be very silent, and you'll sort of wonder what it is you're supposed to be doing, because the objective marker will guide you towards the room you're supposed to be in, but it won't tell you what you're supposed to be doing there. Right. Uh, so, for instance, I went into, like, this control room, and uh, there's uh, aliens banging on the window, and uh, my Marines helpfully standing outside the door, and the objective marker was just in the middle of the room, and my objective, as I read it, was... Uh, that I'm supposed to be turning on some sort of a machine to uh, sort of flush out the room that the aliens are in. Uh, the problem is I don't know what I'm supposed to do in order to do that. And it's at that point I realize in horror that objectives in the world not only are not uh, marked out so that they're easy to see, but they glow blue, which is really bad because the whole game glows blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's trying to emulate, of course, the look of the movie, which, uh, you know, the alien movies use very heavy amounts of, like, yellows and blues. Right. So uh, the objectives are glowing blue, and they're also very tiny. So in this case, it was like a miniature keyboard sitting on a desk in a cubicle, glowing blue and thus blending in with the blue of the world. <laughs> so I spent about 15 minutes wandering around this enormous control room just looking for a, a blue keyboard. <laughs> All the while, the Marines are just kind of not helping, which I guess is just kind of what they do anyways. They don't help. Right. Because even when we're fighting stuff, their MO is to 
occupy themselves with something like opening a door and saying, hey, maybe you should guard me while I'm opening this door, <laughs> which then, of course, spawns numerous aliens that you have to defend against. Often you're just beating them off with the butt of your rifle. <laughs> I, have a, I have a fan fiction about beating off xenomorphs. <laughs> I mean... I'll send it to you guys when we're done. Thank you. <laughs> I, I can't really... It's hard to describe what it's like when you're doing these little defense missions where you're just defending somebody opening a door. It's like you have a pocket full of sausages and there's a lot of really hungry dogs... <laughs> And they're just, like, flying at your pants, and you're, like, just sort of, like, swatting them off. It's, <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just bad. It's a shame, because there's a lot of good mechanics in the game. Like, uh, you've got this health meter, which is um, sort of blocked out, so there's, like, three blocks. But it works as, like, an actual meter, so as you get hit, uh, you lose bits of the meter. Uh, but as long as you don't lose an entire block, it'll come back. I think we probably all played some game that does something like that. Right. Uh, I can't like, think like of what it would of a be. Recharge. Yeah, but it's like you can only recharge as long as you don't lose an entire one of those. Uh, I got you, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there's like these little armor shards, almost kind of like uh, Doom, I guess, that are just laying around, and you pick those up to add armor. So there's a lot of in-depth systems like that. I don't even know what to say anymore because I'm just See, I'm like, thinking back to my experience. Well, I'm very mad. Well, so I'm, Jay, I'm like, oh, go yeah. ahead, Jay. I'm just kind of incredibly jealous of you guys because you guys can at least find something good to say about the game, you know? I, I can't find anything good to say oh, about Ride to Hell. Quit being such a fucking victim. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I have, I have the one, uh, but... There's the, being a there's the mature tone and the grindhouse the theme. I feel like you don't listen to me like, and the rapister like, when we tell you these things. <laughs> like, like I said, though... The one thing I've grown attached to in Ride to Hell is that blonde prostitute. And I feel like that's more case of Stockholm Syndrome on my part. Like, here I am being tortured by this game. I had to find something to like about it. How about this blonde prostitute NPC? Okay. Jared, do you have a five-star Amazon review on Colonial Marines? I do. If Jason would like to know how wrong he is... um... I'm willing to be wrong about this. All right, well, let, let me explain to you. Well, I won't explain it. I will leave this up to Christopher G. Johnson, who submitted this uh, five-star review on Amazon.com. Lay it on me, Chris. The review is titled, What a Game. <laughs> that would be my review. Here we begin. This has to be the best movie game there is on the 360 game. You can... <laughs> you you can play as the guys from the film and kill aliens and predators spelled in spelled so wrong. I can't help you there with the weapons like machine guns, bazooka, ray gun <laughs> and mores. Sig- Sigourney Weaver is in as Ripley. And y- oh, is she? I don't think so. And because here's here's why I think this is probably not right. It says Sigourney Weaver is in as Ripley and you can play as her as Dana from Ghostbuster as well. Oh, okay. (laughs) The game is (laughs) the the game is about 15 hours long and the online play is very much good. You can play as a Marine, alien, predator, soldier or civilian who can only use fists to fight monster. My favorite level was the one where you play as the face hunger and go in guy's body. 
Okay. Um, Hang on, I'm almost done. I'm I'm almost (laughs) done. This is going to make you go back and play this shit. There is hidden stuff, too, so can you find it? I don't see why this is get bad reviews. It's very good and will make fans of series happy. If you know like alien movies, you know like game. I am sorry to say. Overall, it is very good and about a 9 score out of a 10 scale. If you do not like it, then I am sorry, but I liked it very good. Okay, I'm very offended now because the people who liked you guys' shitty games were probably serious, but this is just a slap in the face because this guy is clearly just trolling. I don't think I don't think he is trolling though. I think he's just confused. No, listen. First of all, there is no Dana from Ghostbusters. Uh, there, there is only Zool. But, but second of all, there are no secrets in this game. I would love to have for have them for there to have been a part where I could actually you know play as Ripley or somebody else because the guy you play as is really generic. It's about as generic as it gets. You do actually get to play as as aliens in the multiplayer, which is uh, pretty cool. But, you know, you go into the multiplayer and now you have this problem where uh, you're playing a $5 game with um, a bunch of people who aren't happy about their purchase and you're not happy about your purchase. So the general chat that's going on while you're trying to kill each other uh, in a terrible game is just a lot of depression. And I think a few <laughs> people might have actually hung themselves. Uh I was ready to hang myself, but then I got booted out of the game. So here, so since that was since that was clearly a joke review, let me give you one that's of maybe a little more sincere, and uh, and we'll see if this is any better. So um, this is a five star review by Darko. It's, it's titled "Epic," and it says, "If this is anything close to a Left for Dead style co op, it's going to be epic as hell." And they're staying close to the storyline. Can't wait to see what happened to Hudson. I presume uh, I presume he has not played the game yet, so that would explain. I, I presume he has not seen the movie because in Aliens, I'm fairly certain that Hudson dies. That's a um, uh, that's that's um shit. Uh, the polygamist, um, Bill Paxton, right? Yes. Okay. That is right. Uh, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> okay. The thing is about Jay's game <laughs> is Jay's game is funny, but mine's just sad. So. Uh, we can have fun all night with Ride to Hell, but there's no fun to be had in Colonial Marines, even jokingly. It, it's not a joke. It's very serious. <laughs> and I feel like these reviewers are not taking it seriously. There, there, there are a lot of five. There are a lot more five star reviews for Colonial Marines than there are for the other two games, though. Um, I think probably for Fast and Furious Showdown, that's because the game was not promoted uh at all as a matter of fact i didn't know it existed until i went and looked it up um i think that they didn't want you to know it existed either if you go to activision's site for the game it has three screenshots none of which are in game there's no trailer there's no video content oh. there's literally nothing it's, oh, it's activision activision has their game on their website oh interesting please continue that's actually that's about as much as they did do the game is on their website maybe i've only gotten it to load once on google Great. So, yeah, no. Uh, so that's why I don't have a lot of five-star reviews. Uh, Ride to Hell, wasn't it supposed to be canceled at one point? Ride to Hell was supposed to be canceled. I feel see, They should just I, cancel it now. I feel like they should cancel it now. I feel like hey, you guys went into like, the development history a little bit. I didn't go into anything about Ride to Hell. It's, it's Ride back, to Hell. Back to eugenics here. Cancel it back now. Back to eugenics. <laughs> um, you know, Ride to Hell, I think the original pitch for it 
was it was supposed to be basically an open world 1970s uh, biker game. You know, it's supposed to be like GTA or uh, Saints Row or one of these other things, only it has this desert setting and you're part of this biker gang or whatever. The game went kind of through so much development hell that at some point they did cancel the game. It was actually canceled at some point. And I guess someone out there decided they would just take the jumbled parts that were left and throw it together and then slap 30 bucks on it and try and sell it. I, and I think part of what strikes me about the missions, like the one that really pissed me off with uh, the nonsensical mechanics, is I feel like these are all just kind of leftovers from something that was meant to be a greater game. And they just slapped it all together with the most kind of minimal story or excuse possible. And it makes for this largely uh, disjointed experience. So... I would say, I would say, I mean, I would say, see, that's the other thing that makes me jealous. Like, you know, Jason says his game uh, does actually fit with the Aliens narrative. And then, Jared, you do have that stupid story mechanic that's like, oh, remember the time when we... And then, you know, you go into your little flashback. Um, I'd, I'd actually say after watching Fast and Furious 4, I would say the showdown fits almost perfectly in, in that <laughs> world and that it makes no fucking sense at all, <laughs> uh, which, well, is, well, which is perfect. That's what Ride of Hell is. Ride of Hell actually makes no fucking sense. I'm just, I'm just. Well, listen, gentlemen, we have really beat these horses to within an inch of their lives. I, I think it's getting towards the time where we should wrap up. And so I would just ask each of you now to please pitch your game as if you actually want me to play it. Sort of squeeze out every bit of goodness that your game has give, and really make me want to play. Give you that five star review. Absolutely. Give me your own five-star review of Ride to Hell. All right. Do you, do you want to go first, Jay, or do you need a moment to... I need a moment. Okay. I'll, I'll sell you on this shit right here. It is, it is a game. It is playable. Uh, you can start it, and you can, from what I can tell, get to the end. And not only can you get to the end, but you can get to the end quickly. Uh, the game is only about three to four hours, um, if you exclude all the times that you're going to have to restart, because it's really hard. It's... Um, there, there are guns, and there is driving, and um, <laughs> sometimes you do both at once. Most of the time, you do both at once. And if you, it, it's better than being not alive. It is better than that. <laughs> Five stars signed me. Amazon verified purchase. All right. Okay, Jason, your turn. Okay. Well. Uh... Aliens Colonial Marines. It takes place after Aliens. Uh, it's like an alien movie. It uh, you get, you also have guns, which is a lot like Fast and Furious, which is a five star game. Five stars. Uh, you get to play as uh, Dana from the Ghostbusters, <laughs> and you can be a face hunger. Yep. And uh, <laughs> there's there's aliens, and they're scary, and it's in the dark. Which I guess is kind of cool. Um, it has graphics, so really you should just go out and buy it right now because you're not going to get an offer like this every day. I mean, so four, five stars, four ninety nine. That's that's a star a dollar. Yeah, where are you going to get that many stars for that many dollars anywhere else? Nowhere. All right, Jay, lay it on me. If you're looking for some hardcore and offensive sex for the whole family, then Ride to Hell has your name on it. If you like explosions, Ride to Hell has your name on it. 
if you like disjointed experiences that are the closest thing you can do to digital LSD, why the hell is the game for you? What That's if I, it. And what if I like sweet <laughs> headshots? If you like, if you like sweet headshots, Ride to Hell is also the game for you. Ride to Hell provides uh, educational lessons. Uh, it's a good way to teach kids about the birds and the bees. <laughs> it's a good way to teach uh, human anatomy and to learn gun safety. If I wanted my kids to learn about how to handle firearms or what to do in a situation where they are facing a firearm, I would say put on this cowboy hat. Because this cowboy hat will protect you from at least one bullet. Um, <laughs> and that's true, and that's real. I would say if you like uh, your hot kind of motorcycle action from army bikes, and if you like bands, Ride to Hell is most definitely the game for you. Well, I mean, so you're saying it's five out of five. I'm saying it's five out of five. Awesome. So uh, I guess that's it. I mean, uh, let me let me take a minute. Uh, sure. I'm trying to make this a habit. Let me take a minute to say that if you if you enjoyed the things that you heard today, you should come check us out at enemieslime.com. If you found this podcast just on like a flash drive in an abandoned parking lot, um, that's where it came from. Enemieslime.com. Go check it out. You should follow us on Twitter. We're, we're at the Enemy Slime because some fucking asshole took regular enemy slime years ago and won't give it up and then same on facebook got that too the enemy slime because we can't get regular enemy slime uh so follow us there dicks yeah and and if you want to send us email you can do that too and you know we've got personal email which is even better so if you want to uh you know send more copies of ride to hell to jay you can just email him at what is it? J at enemieslime.com. Yes. Just, yeah. just our first names. You can also contact uh, any of us at contact at enemieslime.com. Uh, so if you feel like, if you, look, let's face it. Let's face the facts here. Uh, we got a lot wrong here tonight. Um, <laughs> it's clear that these are, these are five star games and we just, we just aren't getting it. We just don't get it. We're not part of the art house crew. We don't know. We're not a, hardcore alien and and fast and furious fans and so we just we don't get it and if you'd like to explain it to us you should contact us at any of those emails or on if, twitter or wherever and it just as a final aside for some reason after these glowing endorsements fast and furious and aliens colonial marines and ride to hell uh those don't sound like your thing and if you don't want to spend the collective 45 dollars that each of these games together will cost you you can take your $45, you can send them to me, and then you can go to ortail.dashnet.org. That's O-R-T-E-I-L dot dashnet dot org backslash cookie clicker. <laughs> and you can give me your money, and it's like I sold you this much better game. So thank you. Actually, actually, in, un- in all sincerity, here's an idea. Take the money that you would have spent on these games that you didn't spend on them Give them to us, and then we'll use them to buy more horrible, horrible games <laughs> and warn you about them. Yes. <laughs> it's like a service. It's bad game avoiders. Bad game avoiders. Because you, you, you probably had no idea that any of these were bad. We, we basically took the bullets for you. Yeah. And I think that's worth money. Yeah, so take half of what each game costs, give that to us, and then we'll do it again. Peace out, and right. the slime community. Shout out to my blonde prostitute. Uh, yeah, and we're out. Hi, mom. <laughs>